1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're hanging in there. Uh, got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about... All sorts of stuff. Talk a little bit of a COVID update. We're going to be talking about grief and loss. Got some fun stuff too, though. We got the uh, question of the night, as always, up on our Loveline IG page and the stories. Weigh in on that. Also, doing some DMs. So, if you got a DM for me, drop that into uh, the Loveline DMs. But uh, I wanted to start by talking about exercise. We need to move our bodies. (laughs) Uh, We talk all the time about how we're sitting a lot. But uh, let's talk about the connection between exercise and mental health. Now, as always, I've said, exercise is any form of moving your body. It can be old school, elementary-based kinds of play. It can be movement, dance, yoga, stretching, all sorts of things. Um, But we definitely, 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 for our mental health, want to engage in frequent movement. Uh, We are not doing what we're seeing online where people are talking about, you know, COVID weight gain or loss. We're staying outside of that. That is not mental health. We are not assessing what our bodies look like. We're not talking about other people's bodies. We're really moving away from that. We're truly coming back to the idea of I just want to have the best mental health possible and knowing that moving my body is related to that. What am I going to be gaining? Well, the first one is memory. I love this. Memory is a part of aging that people are most scared about losing their memory, right? And exercise can really help protect our memory as we age. In fact, it helps prevent the loss of total brain volume, shrinkage of the brain and areas and regions associated with memory. So Definitely something to think about because I know that that's really important to me, especially because of the work I do. I want my memory to remain as great as long as possible. Also blood vessels. You know, whatever's good for your body is good for your brain. And what's good for your brain is good for your body. And what's good for all those things is also good for your sexuality. It all ties in. Um, The brain's really, really, really dependent, like a lot of the body, on blood flow, right? And you want to get as much of that supply as much as possible. And so maintaining a healthy brain is about maintaining a healthy network of blood vessels. And regular exercises actually, ready, increases the growth of new blood vessels in the brain. Stunning research. We used to think that the brain stopped growing um, in adolescence at some point. Uh, we know that it's not fully formed until about 23, 24, 25, the neocortex, which is where judgment comes in, right? makes a lot of sense. But that throughout the course of our lives, our brain can always grow, shift, and change. Most of it is born out of social interactions because the brain is a social organ. But exercise is a really powerful way as well, like we said, to, in- to create the new growth of blood vessels, Um, It can also improve the health and function of existing blood vessels, right? Keeping the tissues receiving adequate blood supply, but um, can also ready for this prevent and even treat hypertension, high blood pressure um, elements of the development of dementia. That's why I think exercise is an important part of mental health. We don't talk enough about it. It is part of my intake process where we do talk about self-care practices, um, diet, exercise, not just to see what kind of relationship someone has to their body and those concepts, right? Because there's a psycho-emotional part to that, especially in our culture. But I also want to make sure that they're setting up the best foundation they can for their brain and body to function at its most optimal. Um, And then finally, look at things like inflammation, which we know causes a lot of issues, Inflammation is at the root of a lot of issues, and that's often tied to things like stress, right? And um, immune function, you know, as we age, declines. Inflammation works against that. So it all ties together. We want to work on keeping our memory. We want to work on keeping uh, blood function. We want to work on our immune function. All of that's centered around low levels of inflammation, and exercise can help with that. But here's the kicker. We're not talking long, strenuous bouts. We're not even talking about necessarily going to the gym if you don't want to. We're just talking about getting your heart rate going and moving. 30 minutes, five days a week, build it in. For those that are able-bodied and those that aren't, there's different, there's different ways we can exercise while staying seated for those that have disabilities with movement and standing and putting weight on their uh, bodies in different ways. So Google, Google that and look at it, creative ways to move. It's really fascinating. I've shared in some past episodes some interesting things that clients of mine were doing. And we also know with exercise, it's one of the things we can do to really build up the integrity of your bones because we do deal with bone loss or the, 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 the robustness of our bones. And weight-bearing exercise can really help with that, right? Also, you know, and I've shared with you all that when I'm exercising, which takes so many different forms, that it's when I do my best and most creative thinking, like it's, it's meditative for me. The repetition of these movements lets my brain wander. And it really, really, really helps me tap into some more creative parts of myself. So build it in. I know it's got such a bad stigma attached to it. It doesn't have to be part of gym culture and body shaming. Don't weigh yourself. You don't have to start dieting. Those things don't work. Um, but just build in movement. Ask yourself, like, what would I enjoy doing? And when you're doing it, find the joy in it. And if you're not finding joy in it, find something else. Listen to your body. What does your body feel compelled to do? Listen to it when it says that it's had enough and it wants to stop. But bigger than that, make sure it's bringing you joy. There's so many different things we can do. Just put on some music and dance for a while, you know? Um, All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about grief and loss later in the show. So be prepared for that. It's kind of like a content warning. Not everyone's really wanting to drop into that. Um, DMs, slide on in there if you got a question. And as always, question of the night is on our Loveline AG page in the stories. We'll be back here listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right. And now we're going to go to our next guest, Dr. James Q. Simmons. Welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, uh, thank you, Chris. Good to see you again.
2: Yeah. Happy holidays.
1: We are squarely in the holidays, right? It didn't it, like prep up on us like that so fast.
2: So let's talk about it. Holiday travel. Uh, is it safe? What should people think about? I'm, I'm a hardliner. I'm telling everyone just stay home, please. Uh, what are your thoughts as a medical professional?
1: Oh, so I'm a hardliner, but also a realist. So my official advice is, Y'all should not have done Thanksgiving. (laughs) I know you traveled for Thanksgiving. I know you went inside people's houses. I know you didn't wear your masks. And now we're still seeing numbers, you know, go crazy in certain parts of the country. So I'm sticking to that. I really feel like we all have to be okay with the holidays not being okay with us, not being the way that we like them. I don't like any non-essential travel. I don't like any non-essential gatherings, um, period in certain parts of the country, but definitely not indoors. And for most of the country, now that it's, you know, we're squarely into the holidays and it's cold, it's really difficult to have gatherings outside. That being said, Chris, I'm also a realist. I know that people are gonna do this and we have very clear evidence that people are doing this. And so there are some things that you can do if you're gonna be one of these people doing this to keep yourself and your loved ones safe.
2: And quickly, just to find the word essential, I think that that might be something that throws people off. So what what really falls under that heading?
1: Uh, very few people are essential, right? Like essential workers uh, are the people who are keeping our grocery stores open, healthcare workers, et cetera. But that's in the community. There are some individuals where travel is absolutely necessary. So I do say that if there is some sort of emergency in your life and you are otherwise young and healthy, you feel like, you're not gonna put anyone at risk where you live or where you are traveling to. You also have an opportunity to quarantine. You also have an opportunity to get tested before and after you travel, things like that. And then that travel is essential. It is a, it is a, a family emergency. Someone has died or is dying, something like that. Okay, fine, then maybe we can talk about that as essential travel. But just going home for Christmas because you really miss you know grandma's apple pie Like grandma can ship you that apple pie and you can stay your butt at home. You do not need to be getting on that plane to go anywhere for Christmas or New Year's or anything.
2: That pie was never that good anyway. But let's talk about this quickly. (laughs) So I think some people, they're comfortable putting themselves at risk. So let's just talk quickly about the fact that a lot of this is also about protecting the people around you that you might be willing to, you know, encounter a, a certain level, but you, you know, you bring things home with you. And that's something I was talking to parents about that have children away at college, that it's not mm-hmm. just necessarily within your family unit, but what are you maybe bringing to those around
1: you? There are universities now that are telling kids, if you went home for Thanksgiving, don't come back. Or if you go home for Christmas, don't come back. I think it's really important for people to remember this number. We don't talk about it enough more than 40% of people who have COVID 19 are asymptomatic. They never know they have it. We have very clear evidence that that asymptomatic spread can be just as spread just as easily from someone who has symptoms. And that's coming from small indoor gatherings. This is generally not coming from businesses. It's generally not coming from the healthcare arena. It's interesting to your point, it's generally not coming from on planes but people being near each other in airports and people being near each other inside of their homes, not wearing masks, being asymptomatic, not knowing they had it, and then they've spread it to other people. And again, you might be asymptomatic, it might not affect you, you might get sick and be okay, what about all those other people out there who are going to need to be hospitalized and strain the healthcare system and could potentially die from this? You got to think about other folks.
2: Forty percent is a huge percentage. I was not aware that it's that high, and that's that's quite shocking. And also, the concept of uh, we're now looking at what do they call them? Long long haulers, those that have symptoms that are mm-hmm. ongoing and have not really resolved themselves.
1: It's it's really difficult. I have two patients right now that I'm caring for that have been in the hospital for more than seven weeks. We just, thankfully we have not had to intubate either of these individuals because we know the research is very clear. Our experience is very clear. If we can avoid intubation, it, it can make all the difference in someone's life when they have COVID. But what that does mean sometimes is a much, much, much longer hospitalization. So we have individuals who keep their symptoms. They require you know, oxygen through high flow nasal cannula or whatever it is in the hospital environment for seven weeks or have two of my patients. So when we talk about straining the healthcare system, it's not necessarily that everyone's coming in immediately dying from this, or they come in, they're a little bit sick and we can send them home. People who need hospital resources are there for minimum 10 days to three weeks at a time. And like you said, some long haulers, a lot more than that.
2: Bam, Dr. James Q. Simmons, thank you so much. Thank you very much, you too, Chris. Oh, Rachel, we are back. And now it is time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
2: Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world and we want you to explore it with confidence. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I had an awful Thanksgiving. Ended up meeting up with my family, a small group of us, but my aunt brought her new boyfriend who's an idiot. Anyway, he started telling me about how Thanksgiving is his favorite holiday and I asked him why. It actually represents homicide and a day that land was stolen. He went off on me saying how disrespectful I am to my own parents and family. He came into our house and responded like that. So I left. My parents don't understand why I had to be the one to argue. Am I in the wrong here? Bam! You were trying to drop some truth on him. Listen, most people do not know that Thanksgiving was actually born out of colonization and genocide. That there was no celebration. The uh, Pilgrims came over and terrorized these people, murdered them, raped them, gave them smallpox. There was no sitting at a table. Was stealing you know agricultural skills from them. I mean, it was a mess. And and the individuals that already occupied the land were doing fine. They were living their lives differently, but yet again, we come over and we think we know better and best and we force things upon them. So it's okay to want to do some education. Maybe you needed a little bit of a softer startup. I don't know. I think there's a way to just say, Hey, can I share some interesting facts with you about what Thanksgiving's built on? And then they say, sure. And then you kind of drop all those gems on them. And you're like, actually, you know what I mean? It has a really violent history. And I think there can be something really reasonable in that. Um, Some people have decided as a result of that, that they're not going to celebrate Thanksgiving, but they're going to have, of <laughs> Versions of it, which are about bringing family together to feast and to have thanks other times throughout the year. So that's how some people managed it. They just don't honor it. They honor it secondarily through a different day, right? They take the power back, they decolonize it. Um, But as far as this is happening, yeah, I'm sorry that that happened. To have an outsider come into your environment, your house, your meal, and shame you is never going to feel good. I'm curious what your aunt's thoughts were about that. Very triggering topic. Odd, though, that he went to you are disrespecting other people your family had nothing to do with this conversation. And I don't know how your thoughts about Thanksgiving reflect in any way on things like honor or respect for your family. Your family isn't Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving isn't for them. We're talking about a day, a holiday. Your family has nothing to do with that. But that's, that's part of how some people see things that you're responsible for your family's respect or honor. And that by you communicating a problematic history, that somehow you've dishonored them. Like I I just, that's not how, um, respect works. You know, you were just having a conversation with this person, which is a difficult conversation. A lot of people are having over the holidays, talking about racism and politics, homophobia. So, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry that that happened. More of that, more of that will be, will be happening. Um, but if this person's going to be around more, uh, you need to figure out how you want to interact with them. You know, maybe your aunt can talk to this person about having a little more respect for you because I don't think that it needed to get escalated. You weren't saying anything about this person. You were just educating them on the holiday. I don't know why people personalize holidays. Uh, But, yeah, you're not alone in that one. I think that that was something a lot of people might be able to relate to. But um, hold space for... reconnecting with this person that might have been a one-off or for whatever reason that was hard for them to hear maybe they were anxious that day not letting them off the hook but you might be able to find something else you can connect over because it doesn't sound like they necessarily disagree that that's not an okay thing um but it sounds like they weren't really prepared for such a thing there's a lot of people that don't talk about the truth they don't have critical thinking skills and so when you're really kind of uh call out that there's a hole in the life raft they panic and holidays woof they have a long-standing social and cultural history so when people are told the truth it's really hard for them but again hold space for the fact that maybe this was a one-off i, I still don't know this person's politics they seem to push back on them thinking maybe you were ruining the holiday. I, I don't know. It's a little murky for me, but let's see what everyone else has to say. Um, hang in there though. Holidays are funky. Like I said, you go home and all of our old stuff comes back up. So this person's stuff clearly came back up, but um, maybe next holiday, don't don't quite sit next to them. You know what I mean? Um, all right, so content warning coming up later in the show, we're gonna be talking about grief and loss, really important stuff, something that impacts all of us. Not everyone's ready to sit with that. And then question of the night which as always is up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. So wait in on that. And then we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. If you have a DM for me, slide it into the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Producer Alex will be pulling them all. Whatever thought or question you have, most likely someone else has that question as well. So always ask. You're listening to Loveline
1: with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right. Now we're going to go to our
2: next guest, Griffin Matthews, actor, writer, director, and also a fellow Pennsylvanian. How's it going? Welcome to the show. Yeah. PA did it. Pennsylvania did it. They did. I'm I'm so proud of that home state.
0: Could you imagine if they let us down? Do you know that I'm from Allegheny County? Really? That's my county. We did it.
2: Well done, sir. Thank you. you. Single-handedly help pull that off. Uh, That's right. So uh, let's just jump off and get into some mental health talk quickly. Uh, how's your mental health doing through all this right now?
0: Oh my God. Okay. I was just telling the, uh, your your producer, I just took a shower after several days of wondering if I was ever going to see a shower again. I've, I'm the parent of two children. And when you have two kids, you're just wondering at all times, when is this thing over? So- uh the mental health the mental health has been like you know god when yeah day by day yeah is what you know honestly it's it's been it's also been tough because you know the parent we have a newborn who's three months old so my parents haven't seen him and our friends can't come over so we really feel like it is us against the world so we're hanging in
2: and you also hanging just in. you also just clarified i was i was going to ask you later what daddy on the daily was referring to but
0: thank you now it's clear yeah 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 trust me that's all that i do <laughs> i am i am not normally wearing <laughs> cheetah print normally <laughs> i'm in my pajamas boy.
2: <laughs> that's okay you can't see but i i'm literally only wearing sweatpants under this i refuse to oh, wear dress good. pants oh yeah casual always Yeah,
0: i'm also yeah. wearing sweatpants underneath well done this. well it's
2: done she- Um, so I wanted to also thank you The Flight Attendant I'm a huge crime thriller and horror fan and so I cannot wait because there's not often that genre doesn't always put out the best films right like sometimes it's not so great but this one looks phenomenal
0: well there's also comedy which is the other little tricky it's the little tricky seat of this one because it is all of the things that you said and then it's funny and I happen to be part of that comedy portion so Um, It's a weird balance to try to keep people equally engaged in the drama as well as the comedy. And I think our show really, they strike a beautiful balance of it. So it'll be, I keep feeling like Kaylee's performance feels like the 2020 Sex in the City. And inside of like a horror film. She's fantastic in this show. People are going to be so shocked yeah
2: i I don't i don't know her in that capacity i'm used to her doing a different kind of role so i'm excited to see her in this
0: yeah and yeah it'll be it'll be a new a new game changer for her her life so going back to some mental health uh self-care what 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 kind of self-care are you engaging in (laughs) other than showers other than the showers um well here's what i'll say at the top of this pandemic my husband and i had just bought a house Uh, out here in in LA and we, we live in the mountains and we realized like we're the first generation who are living in these houses and all we have are flowers. Like we just had a bunch of pretty gay flowers. And so we were like, yeah, we need to grow some food. We need to do something. So we planted a garden and we made an epic chicken coop. It is massive. And so I have a bunch of gay chickens out in the back. We got them as little, little tiny birdies, and they are finally laying eggs. Uh, I think of the, the eight chickens that I have, two are laying eggs. It's so disappointing. I really, I swear, <laughs> I, I thought we were gonna just, I thought I was gonna start a farm. I really did. I was like, oh, we're just gonna have an abundance of eggs. We're gonna be giving them, them to the neighbors. Uh, that is not the case. We are getting two eggs a day if we're lucky, but the birds are bringing us a lot of joy, also for the kids. It's yeah. It's nice to to feel like we can survive off of eggs and basil.
2: (laughs) I don't even know how to weigh in on that, so we're just gonna keep going. But that's very Pennsylvania somehow of you. Quickly, we'll be right back with Griffin Matthews to talk more about race and visibility in the arts. Griffin Matthews. So what do you think the impact is going to be? I have a lot of friends that, you know, work on on, in Broadway, and I know that that keeps getting pushed back and delayed. Um, What do you think is going to be the new wave? How is that going to change? What's going to be different about that?
0: Well, the first thing is that I think the American theater was in need of reform, to be completely honest. I think it needed to catch up to Hollywood had been about 30 years in front of the american theater and i think as far as diversity and inclusion and the types of stories that we're telling on broadway um, i happen to be a huge broadway fan and not just broadway but theater in general and so my husband's a composer he writes musicals he had a show that was supposed to transfer this season that got halted of course because of the pandemic so look i think that the the latest craze is going to be finding new ways for our audiences to consume Uh, Stories. So I think it's, you know, every playwright that I know is trying to write for television and and film, which is awesome because I think playwrights are some of the best storytellers. And then I think that that we're just going to have to figure out um, how to bring theater to the masses again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Hamilton certainly did a game changing moment when they recorded their show and put it on Disney and sold it for many, 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 many millions of dollars. So I think there's going to be a lot more of that. OK. And and, and you,
2: I also saw in an article you were talking a little bit about the racism that's traditionally in, in Broadway and your own difficulty in bringing one of your projects forward. Um, do you think we're doing any better or do you think they still have an inclusion problem?
0: We're not going to find out. You know, I think that, look, we've seen some theaters making some strides, some beautiful strides and putting out statements to say that that they're working on their diversity and inclusion. And uh, several theaters have released internal letters from their own staff saying our theater needs to do better. And so I think that's certainly the start. I don't think we're gonna really know what the impact is until we get back to work and we look behind the scenes and we lift up the curtain, so to speak, and go, who's back there? Who's making those decisions? And and also, of course, I think the audience will tell us if we're, if we're doing a good job because Not only did the theater need to become more diverse behind the scenes, but I think the idea of trying to get a more diverse crowd inside of the theater Mm. is a massive task. So when you go to see a Broadway show, if you see people like me in the audience next to you, then I think we're doing something right.
2: Yeah, I know just from a mental health perspective, working with clients of all different kinds of diverse creative sexualities and orientations and whatnot, it's really important for them to see themselves represented in media, right? It's such a powerful socializer and normalizer. So I hope to see that as well. And also, like you kind of pointed out, lifting up the curtain, like we have to put some diversity in
0: positions of power. It can't just be dropping them on the stage, right? Correct. And I think that's that's the the first step is to try to, to you know, present a diverse cast and go, look, we're doing it. But I think as you've seen, I just watched the movie 40 year old version and she talks about her troubles, it's on Netflix. She talks about her troubles as well, trying to get her show made and, and, and we've got to get people, uh, diversity, BIPOC inclusion inside of the power structure. And that is when real change, uh, systemic change will will take place.
2: And uh, so we're also in this thing called a pandemic. <laughs> can't, yeah. Can't, can't we are. recognize that. Numbers are spiking. So, how will your holiday be different as a result of that? What are you guys going to do
0: differently? You know, my husband will not shut up about Thanksgiving. It is his favorite holiday. Speaking of mental health, I'm like, hey, somebody come get me, rescue <laughs> me from that man. It is his favorite holiday. Uh, so he's got a lot of Turkey preparations. He was literally, he bought a 14 pound Turkey and he bought this Turkey several months ago, which tells you about the mental space that he's in. Um, but he wants to make plates and drop off plates to our friends, uh, from Thanksgiving. But for me, I'm, I'm a Christmas baby. I am black Jesus as I like to call myself. And I will be, I don't know. I probably just, sitting next to the tree rocking a baby and trying to stay grateful for the fact that I have a tree and I have two beautiful babies and it will be different because I always I've always said I never had a surprise party because when you're born on Christmas that's just not happening but I do always get a guarantee of being with people that I love and so this year will be the perfect example of of that moment so i'm looking forward to it
2: well, well happy early birthday and i think the the presence of children i think children are what consigns to make the holidays a little more magical i know as an adult without children it has a f- it flattens
0: out a little bit listen i can give you two children if you want to i i don't know when you say low- that okay i could i could drop off my Good. husband to make plates and we'll send the children with the plates no i'm
2: coming service. to you you have a farm i would love to spend some time on the farm i need to get out of hollywood i'm tired
0: Yeah, I only have one egg for you. I don't have money more. So you can come. You're only getting one, though.
2: Y'all keep your eggs. Uh, Griffin Matthews, the flight attendant. So stoked to see it. Thank you for being a part of our show.
0: Thank you, my friend. It's good to see you.
2: Have a great night. Thank you so much, Griffin Matthews. Coming up next, we'll be sliding into the DMs. All right, we're back. And tonight we're talking a little bit about grief and loss. And really trying to develop and form a new relationship to it because it's something that we're all going to experience. And culturally, we have a a lot of difficulty sitting with emotions, our own, but also sitting with the emotions of others. One of the biggest questions I get asked sometimes when someone has to go spend time with another who's lost someone or is in the hospital is, what do I say? And the answer is always easy, nothing. There's nothing needed to be said. Just spend time with them, sit with them. It's this concept we use called hold space. And when you're holding space, it means... And it's really hard to explain because it's really about your presence. Holding space means you're just there in the in it with them. You're looking at them. You're allowing yourself to feel what they're feeling. You're not trying to shut it down by handing them a tissue or telling them it's gonna be okay or telling them to look on the bright side. You're just being present. You're looking at them. You're sitting in it with them. You're hearing them. You're nodding. Because often people just don't wanna be alone in it. They want it reflected back and validated. They don't need it fixed. And we often wanna fix it. I want to make them feel better. It's so hard to see them sad. Learn how to tolerate the sadness. That's what I shout back. It's not about you. They are, let them be in their experience. Don't be so afraid of holding space for things. Say nothing, just sit. There's a beautiful movie that exemplifies that. It's called Lars and the Real Girl. I reference it often because there's a powerful moment. There's actually two. I mean, the whole whole theme of the movie is a, is a, mind-bogglingly stunning example of normalizing all the diverse, interesting ways that we cope with grief and loss, right? Because essentially this individual loses someone who he loves and temporarily replaces them with a doll and believes that this doll is a person and is dating them. And living in a small town, luckily the local town doctor says, let him have this. He needs this. It's what we call a transitional object. It's existing, to fit a need and it will bridge him back to what else he needs and it will help him move on and move forward. Don't pathologize it. Don't shame it. Is it weird to you? Great. Let it be weird to you. Keep it to yourself. But this person needs that. So he moves on with this doll and he thinks he's in a relationship and it helps heal him. And at some point he releases the doll because I think the doll dies and he moves on into a human relationship, which by the way, we're allowed to date whatever we want, but that's a whole nother segment. And there's a scene, though, when the death happens and the elderly, and again, it makes me so sad that people of older age aren't honored and respected for the wise individuals they are who've been through more and can give us so much learning. Instead, we hide them away and we shame them. We see them with this decline narrative that aging is lost instead of seeing how it's so much of a gain. Um, and the women say... Someone says something like, well, what do we do? How do we deal with this loss? And the woman says, we go and we just sit. We just sit. And they all just sit with him. And it's so stunning. They're just holding space. And it's so nourishing and healing for him and them. They just sit. They just allow. Nothing to be done. Nothing needs to be fixed. They're just honoring the experience. And that's so beautiful. Because in our capitalist consumers culture, we're like, what can we grab or use to fix or deal? Let's get a medication. Let's get tissues. Let's go for a walk. No, just be stunning. So we're allowing our emotions. We're allowing the grief and loss to be real. We're not minimizing it because it was someone we didn't know well or someone we had a difficult relationship with. We're just letting it be what it is. We're also doing some mindfulness and that can be a way if you're feeling overwhelmed because overwhelm can happen where you're sitting in the moment, hand on your chest, deep breathing, just again, allowing, being in the moment and also reaching out to someone. And that's kind of like the bow that wraps up a lot of this is we're better off when we're with others. American rugged individualism is not the way. I want us to reach out to others. We do need others to lean on. We don't wanna learn how to pull ourselves up our bootstraps. We're not on our own, we we are in communities. And if you don't have one, start working on building one. So reach out to people, lean on them. We are better off and stronger because of those we have around us. It's called borrowed functioning. Thank God we have that. I was trained to pathologize that, that we shouldn't have borrowed functioning and we should self-regulate. No, we co-regulate. We actually attach to individuals. We are infected with their emotions. We're open systems. Let someone else help soothe us, right? Let us borrow our functioning from someone else when we don't have the resilience or capacities on our own. And that's what's really beautiful. So reach out to people, share. One of the most stunning things that happened is when my father passed, my doorbell rang. And one of my good friends who I hadn't seen in a while was there. He came in and he just sat with me. We didn't really talk. Then I heard a knock at the door. It was another friend. And at the end of the night, I had four friends just surrounding me, just holding my hand and looking at me. And I just cried and they just lovingly held space and sat with me and it was the most healing, stunning thing. That's what I needed. I didn't need to feel better. I didn't need to be told to look on the bright side. I didn't need to be told it's gonna be okay because it wasn't going to be and it still isn't, right? And so we just allow and I just sit here like tearing up thinking about that moment of my friends around me just lovingly looking at me, holding space, allowing. And so sometimes we're not necessarily gonna have that team and that's okay. And sometimes it might not have such a high level of severity where we need or want that. But my point is just allow yourself to be with what comes up. I think I'll walk through a store sometimes and I'll see someone who reminds me maybe of my father or I hear a song that reminds me of him. And I allow myself to have that moment where maybe I shed a tear I feel sad and I carry that with me and I allow it. I don't shame it or try to push it away or try to think it should be other than. And, and I was also talking to a friend today who's a therapist in training. And I was saying to him, you know, often in therapy, when I'm doing therapy with clients, some of the most beautiful sessions I can have are during times where I'm struggling the most. When I'm at my most depressed is I'm actually more raw and I'm more real and I'm more open. And I go into my session and I'm able to sit longer and deeper. And I will shed a tear sometimes with them as I let myself be a person and empathetically connect to these experiences. And it is so healing and beautiful to them and to me. And we are co-regulating each other and it's stunning. And that's why I love the work I do, but we can all apply that concept to all the different people and relationships in our lives. So again, just hold space, just allow, just be present. Don't push back or fight it. What resist, what we resist will persist. The body and the psyche has a natural healing mechanism. If we can learn to trust it, trust others, let them be around us. So, um, bam, there you go. All right, y'all coming up next question of the night, still some time to weigh in on that. That's on our Loveline IG page up every night. And then we'll be doing some DMS. So go on over to our Loveline DMS. Got a question slide on in there. Always confidential, always anonymous. Um,
1: yep. You listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All right, y'all, we are back and now it's time for
2: question of the night. Tonight's question is, what is something that you'll miss the most over the holiday seasons? I know we're going to miss a lot. I know it's going to be different. But remember, difference isn't bad. Different doesn't mean broken. Different doesn't mean canceled. Yes, we have to do it differently. We're not going to be around all the people we want to be around in the places we might want to be, but we're honoring that this is a special situation. We don't want to have to ever go through this again, but we need to follow the rules and we're still being asked to not go to other people's homes, to not travel, to keep distance, to be outdoors when possible, to wear a mask, um, still play the music, still dress up, still plan the, the, the menu, but you might be doing it alone or with others or via FaceTime, Zoom or Skype. It's okay. It's just this one year. This is not how it's always going to be. And the more we get familiar with some flexibility, the better we're all going to be. It's a day. We'll survive a day. You know what I mean? It's okay to miss your birthday this year in the ways you like or a certain holiday. Um, we're all in it together. You know, we're all, we're all going through the same struggle. So still watch us holiday music, holiday movies, and play the music. It'll be meaningful for you. But yeah, there's a lot of things we're going to miss. Um, and again, it's not just the holiday. It's like we're missing a lot of other basic parts of our lives. In addition to the holiday, right? It's not just the holiday. It's around the holiday. We're also really severely limited to our normal, you know, forms of self-care or socialization. So I get it. It's hard. So question tonight is what are you gonna miss the most? First person said definitely family. I feel that. Still stay close, still stay connected, you know, just do it differently. But you're not gonna be there in real time. And I know that's gonna be hard, but um just get through it. You know, it's just that day or just those couple of days and we'll all be back together next year. We can make it bigger and better. Someone else said, I'll miss the road trip to my family. Every year I drive from New York to Chicago. It's fun for me. I appreciate that. Road trips are beautiful. You know, it's a meditative experience. A lot of fun. You're you're on your way towards something, leaving the city. Uh, Maybe you can still take a road trip. Um, Maybe it's not going to be to Chicago, but maybe go drive for a few hours um, up and down the coast a little bit. You know, we can still do these things, just do them safer and a little bit different. Someone else said, every year my family and I go to Disneyland, so I've been missing that. Oh, for those that have access to Disneyland, Disneyland is uh, beautiful at the time of the holidays. It's always a great place, but during the holidays especially, yeah, they decorate so stunningly. The music, the decorations, the mood, people are dressed up. Um, yeah, I know, but you can go next year, you know, you can already book that trip. It'll be just as much fun. It's just, just not this year. Uh, someone else said, uh, question night is what are you going to be missing over the holidays? Someone said this year, I'm just staying home with my partner, which is hard because the rest of my family is still meeting up, but I just don't want to get sick. Yep. I applaud you for that. Putting public health first for yourself and for others. I'm glad you're gonna be with your partner. Some people will be doing the holidays completely by themselves on their own. So it's nice that you'll have someone there with you. Um, But I'm glad you're uh, setting a good standard. Someone else said, I'm missing my family and my high school friends. Grew up in Los Angeles, but moved to Dallas a few years ago. So the holidays are the only chance we get to connect. I know, just this year, you're gonna see them next year. You know, let them know that. But I know it's hard. Sometimes for people, it's the holidays, the only time they go home or the only time they see their hometown or their friends, everyone's maybe in town during that time and we're gonna miss out on that this year. I know, that's a heavy thing. Uh, question night is, uh, what's something you'll miss over the holidays? Someone said it doesn't feel like the holidays this year. Kind of forgot about Thanksgiving, to be honest. I appreciate that. For me, it's usually seeing um, the music and the decorations out in the world that remind me of the holiday season, and I'm not seeing any of that. People around here aren't decorating, and I'm barely out that often, so I don't really get to stumble upon that. Um, So I appreciate that. I know those days could have easily come and gone for me as well. I am staying close to family and friends, right? as i tell everyone else to do i'm checking in on people like they're checking in on me please do that it's so meaningful for someone to get a call or facetime or text from someone letting them know that they care that they're thinking about them not everyone has that you know um so for those that that keep keep in mind you know check in on people uh get people together you can do like a zoom hangout you know um yeah it's just got to be different um Someone else said, I'm going to miss going home and eating the foods that my mom used to make. I don't cook, and I also don't know how to make all the holiday things that she normally puts together. Yeah, I know. The food. Food is such a meaningful part of it. so many people. You know, um, a family member's pie or your mom's home cooking. It's not necessarily things that we can recreate or do on our own. Um, we look forward to them. It's also a, a symbol, and it's ritualistic. Oh. See if you can do them at home though. What a great time to get those recipes and see what you can prepare. (laughs) I say that as someone who does not enjoy cooking and would not be doing that myself. But for me, the holidays were never so much about the food as much as like some of these people are saying, um, it was about coming together and seeing people that I wouldn't traditionally see or see as often. Um, Going home is wild. You know, some people, if they fill up their schedule, there's so many people to check in on and to visit. Not necessarily going to have it this year, but you can still uh, send them all a little message, a little FaceTime, stuff like that. Um, all right, question of the night is back up on our Line AG page and the story. so weigh in on that. And coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, the new channel Q and radio.com, and we'll be back in two minutes with our two-minute promise. All right, we are back, and time to slide into those DMs.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
2: Slide in the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world, and we want you to explore it with confidence. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, do you have any sex toy gift ideas for Christmas? I want to get my girlfriends all gifts, but they're all on different freak levels, I guess. Ah, yes, gift giving. And trying to give someone the gift of pleasure. Yeah, I actually like where you're going with that. I think it's awesome to give someone a sex toy. Just be thoughtful in that. I've heard stories of people getting one and they are embarrassed by it because they maybe open it around individuals that they wouldn't necessarily want to um, engage with on that level and to have their uh, sexuality kind of put out on the table via the gift you gave them in front of certain individuals is very uncomfortable. So if you're going to give someone a sex toy, I would let them know you might want to open this privately or you can even be honest. This is something of an erotic nature. Maybe be thoughtful about who you're around when you open this. That doesn't ruin the surprise. Put it right in the card or right on the gift or when you give it to them. It's a last second thing. They'll still love what they got. Um, but give people a heads up. I think that that's very, very, very important. So that's, that's always step number one. Um, yeah, you're never going to know what's going to turn a friend on. And um, that's the thing about gift giving, right, is there's a risk. And the most important part should be just letting them know that you're thinking about them. You know, it shouldn't really matter. Uh, but, yes, you can also give a gift receipt although sex toys usually are not refundable so that's not going to work always depends on what it is Um, but i I always say when in doubt go with something that seems new or interesting or something that might be you know arousing to you or something that you are curious about or something that you've enjoyed basic is always great even if someone already has something that's a vibrator or a sex toy of some kind people are thankful to get a new one or another one Um, but i always say the same thing over and over go online or go into the boutiques that are open, go to small businesses, and see what grabs your attention. And uh, go with that, because it's about the idea. But um, there's things that we can do that are maybe more travel size based, which people are often thankful for. They're smaller, they're quieter, they're tinier. You can go that route. So it's like the uh, you know travel version of something. Or maybe it's your friend's first toy and then it doesn't even matter. This is just kind of them stepping into the world of arousal, sex play, and kind of prioritizing all of that. But um. You kind of can't go wrong. There's just some kind of like cachet or funniness about getting a sex toy. Some people will never open it and use it. It was just a beautiful moment. So don't, don't overthink it. Gift giving is just to say I'm thinking about you um, and that should be good enough. But go online. See what kind of grabs you. There's so much out there. Uh, but when in doubt, go more basic because like you said, the freak level is different between people and some sex toys will be very overwhelming or confusing to some individuals. So give them a heads up <laughs> uh, and yeah, you know, just go with something that looks good. I think there's so many lines that really focus on the aesthetic. I love that. Um, and then others always make sure that they're high quality product because that does matter. The quality of the motor. Uh, the flexibility the materials used it is one of those things that we don't want to skimp out on so check out the reviews a lot of them will include reviews and those can be really helpful because they might bring up components or elements that you hadn't considered about chargeability travelability um, material quality user you know user um, happiness and all that so uh, there it is question night as always though is back up on our love on page Over the weekend, y'all, let me give you a little homework assignment. Make sure your weekend is centered in self-care. That's right. Sleep in a little bit. Focus on some joy and pleasure. What's something you can already plan to do that's just going to put a little smile on your face? Um... You know, and try to lay off some of those coping mechanisms that maybe are depleting us a little bit. I'm talking about those, the drugs and the alcohol. Seeing seen a lot of people waking up, start making martinis way too early. So maybe find a good movie, choose a good book. A lot of indie booksellers are still open, happy to send you something. Um, but just tons of rest and self-care. You can check out past episodes of Love Line, though, over at wearechannelq.com. And I'm listening live, where I interview celebrities and experts about COVID, mental health, and all the projects they're working on. That's on all the radio.com handles, Instagram. I'm sorry, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. It's not on the Instagram, actually. Uh, past episodes but that's every thursday night 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern weigh in as i said on our question of the night and if you have a dm as always drop them on our love line page in the dms any thought you have or questions someone else might be wondering about it too you guys thanks for hanging out have a beautiful rest of your night and have a beautiful weekend and i will be back and see you on monday night